Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Today is episode 51. Thank you so much for listening in. We are live-ish uh, at uh, the Drawing Room QC uh, in Davenport, Iowa. We're here with two of the owners, Eric Norton and Shale Sage. Guys, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the Drawing Room. We're going to talk about how that came about. We're going to talk about how both of these guys got into cigars and and kind of what they bring to the community here in Davenport, which is sorely needed a cigar community for a very long time. So we're excited about that. Uh, but before we get into that, make sure you go to creativebringcandy.com and check out the great family of podcasts and streamers we have there, including Eyes Forward March. Eyes Forward March is a podcast from uh, Tim, who you might know from Cigars and Coffee. If you are an NCO in the military or you're getting ready to transition out of the military, this is a podcast for you. They cover everything that you're going to need to know. And they do it in a fun and entertaining way. So check out uh, uh, Sergeant Seagar and Sergeant Bacon on Eyes Forward March. And I'm done shilling. That's all. <laughs> That's it. So again, Eric uh, uh, and Shale, welcome to the podcast. So let's let's start with how you guys got into cigars to begin with. Let's, Eric, we'll start with you. Yeah, sure. Um, I smoked my first cigar when I was 18. Uh, at the time, I was going to a local community college here in Davenport, and my cousin and I would walk around the mall, uh, North Park Mall in Davenport. And at that time, there was a little um, small tobacconist shop, Baker Street Cigars. And we were 18. We walked in, and I think the first the first cigar we had was an Arturo Fuente um, Maduro. I can't ex- exactly remember which one. But I remember walking out of there. like We, we spent some time with with the guy that ran the shop or owned the shop and he kind of walked us through the, the the tobaccos and the and the different types of leaves and wrappers and um it was just kind of hooked from there like at the beginning and i didn't smoke them as much throughout my life until i got into my 40s and that's when i started really picking up as a hobby and getting into the different tobaccos the different blends different regions manufacturers I was just, uh, I kind of took it all in like a sponge. So. so you're a cigar nerd. I am completely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah. I, I enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It adds another dimension to the hobby. We're going to talk about uh, Baker street and, and, and the community here, but Shale, how did you start? How did you get involved in cigars? Sure. So I am, I was a bartender for a long time and, uh, I've always kind of specialized in, uh, I guess you could say like the finer things, you know, nice spirits, nice wine, nice cocktails, nice beer. And, um, you know, at one point I was just like, you know, what? I've never had a cigar. Uh, I enjoy all these good things. I hear cigars are good. So <laughs> I should tr- go ahead and try one. So I went to uh, the local cigar shop at the time, uh, Hickey Brothers, and 
uh, I can't remember who was there that helped me out. It might have been uh, Al Collins at the time, but um, he uh, helped me pick out. It was a uh, Nica Rustica, um, and that was my first cigar. And I tell you what, I struggled. I struggled through that. It, it was good, but you know, I just wasn't yeah. used to the you know the the nicotine, and you know, wasn't used to as to not that, inhaling. I guess that's a that's a hell of a cigar to start with. <laughs> yeah. It is, but you know, to this day, it's still one of my favorites. Uh, and then you know, after that, you know, it just kind of grew. I'd kind of go back, uh, you know, on a monthly or my bi monthly basis, and just grab one to smoke. And then uh, I think when I guess the dam broke was when I discovered cigar bid. <laughs> and uh yeah. you know i got hit with that first bill for like 200 bucks a month and i was like oh <laughs> i spent that much welcome to the uh, club buddy yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh then i got the opportunity uh to you know be a part of uh this business uh through eric you know i'd served him for years and he had known that i've kind of been to cigars and after that that's when i started really digging into it Nice. That's awesome. So you're both local to Davenport. Did you both grow up in Davenport? Yeah, I grew up in Wilton, Iowa, which is 30 miles to the west. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty local. Yeah. In, yeah. in Iowa, 30 minutes is local. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. 100%. 100%. So I grew up here. All right. Uh, and, and I've moved on. I'm in Cedar Rapids now. I've been all over. But I remember. So you're, I think you're close to my age. I'm 45. I'm 46. Okay. So we're, I worked at the Montgomery Wards. Uh, in, in North Park Mall. Yeah. And so I would go down to Baker Street all the time and I would walk in. I would love the way it smelled. Yeah, it smelled amazing. Oh, and then I'd buy cigarettes and I'd walk out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you've been steeped in this for almost 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I started smoking cigars 18 and then uh, sporadically I'd smoke cigars throughout. But I didn't really take the deep dive until my 40s. Or like when I turned 40. I think typically, I mean, anymore, because there's young guys like you, you can't be more than 28. Uh, 29. Yeah, see? Very close. <laughs> right. <laughs> so nailed it. Anymore, like this used to be such a, a an old guys club, especially old white guys like us, right? Like it, that's typically who smokes cigars, but that's changing. It is. And so do you guys see that a lot here at this location, Drawing Room? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, um so part of our focus here, it's like community, quality of cigars, and education. And along with Habanos, like up the road, we got together. We're like, hey, let's uh, not cannibalize each other. Let's not like compete, but we're two different spaces. Let's try to grow the cigar community. And so it's effectively, we've seen a lot of that happening. Like people that I wouldn't expect smoke to smoke cigars. We have a backwater fitness right across the street. And so we have a lot of like CrossFit guys that will come in after the workout and enjoy like a cigar and a, and a bourbon or a drink or something. And That's fantastic. Yeah. Right. And so it, we've seen actually a lot of that um, coming through a lot of the like younger generation coming in and getting in like intrigued with cigars and maybe starting off light. And I like, there was one guy here, he's uh, he's 30 and he'd been smoking nat like kind of a natural wrapper. And I gave him a first, like a Saka tricky Traka. And uh, he's like, Oh, I get it now. He's like, he kind of, his eyes kind of popped open and he's yeah. like, okay, this is what you guys are going after. I tasted the flavors. So it's, it's been interesting to see the community coming in and, and different people than, than you'd typically ex- expect. Would, were you prepared for that? 
and I mean that as a business owner, were you prepared to see as many young folks come in and from all the different lifestyles and different different walks of life that come in and want to smoke cigars? Uh, I wouldn't say I was fully prepared for it, you know, but I've been going around, I guess, maybe in the Quad Cities, you know, because I did do I, I smoked a lot of cigars at Hickey Brothers. So I was over there, you know, often, you know, before they shut down. And and so there were some younger generation coming in, but. I do think I've seen, we've probably seen a bigger mix here. Um, and I'm, yeah. I would say, you know, it wasn't something that we necessarily expected, but it was always something that we hoped for. Well, that's good. Yeah. How about women? Are you seeing a lot of women come in more than you would have thought when you first opened? Yeah, we see, we see quite a few women coming through here. So usually like with their husbands or boyfriends or, um, you know, just coming in to hang out. You know, we have... Well, you met Celeste. I met she Celeste, works here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I was just going to say, when I first came in to do uh, the review, which you can go to simplystogies.com and, and check out the lounge review that I did on uh, the Drawing Room QC. It's a great spot. Very speakeasy, very private club feel. It, it's fantastic. Uh, check that review out. But Celeste was great. And I was, I was glad to see a woman behind the counter because it does add... As a new cigar smoker a couple of years ago, when I would walk into a lounge, I would almost always feel uncomfortable. Because I didn't know what was going on. And I can only imagine that women cigar smokers who go into a lounge feel the same way. Because it is a lot of times, like I said, it's a boys club. So when you have a woman behind the counter, it's you're immediately at ease, especially if you're another woman. Right. So I think that's great. And she was so fantastic. She was very, very uh, customer friendly. Yeah. Is what I, coming from a retail management background, like that's my big thing. Like, are you friendly? Are you are you talking to customers that come in? Are you making sure they're okay? And she was all of that yeah and some so yeah and that's that's our goal here too is to make sure that everybody who comes in feels comfortable we want to bring in you know um everybody you know whoever is interested in smoking cigars um i think it, it is an intimidating thing like you said right you walk in you see all these different cigars different wrappers different brands manufacturers sizes you don't know where to start and so that was kind of the part of the the education side of it is yeah like allowing people to come in and just kind of easing them through the process, make sure they can like just take a breath and, and relax. They don't have to, you know, panic choose, you know, panic buy. Right. Like, <laughs> I know? don't know. I'll just pick this one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The wrong. You chose poorly. You, <laughs> yeah. You're going to get sick because you had that with the Nika Rustica, right? Where yeah. you, it was, you kind of get green. So it's overwhelming. Was, right. And so Celeste was great, but her knowledge base isn't quite there yet. It'll get there with time as it right. does with every cigar smoker. Yeah, we all start somewhere. Right? And when I came in today, Brian's here. He's fantastic. Like he's able, like he and I talk shop. That's what all we did until you guys, until you yeah. guys came in. Like we just talked about the industry. We talked about everything. And so I think it's a great mix. And this place is so great. What was, when you wanted to open this spot, what, like, what was your vision? Well, actually, uh, though I guess the way it happened was I was looking kind of at a local with another local business guy at opening a shop and then we saw Habanos come in and so we just kind of laid off of it right and then found out that there were two people Pete Stopulus and Jens Baker who had already owned this building in this spot and wanted to make it a cigar lounge regardless and so um, like Dan Bush actually connected me with Pete and Jens and asked me if I wanted to be a part of this. And so that's when I, I came into it. So this was already 
established as far as the space. Now the the layout, the furniture was purchased and the humidors were purchased, and so I worked with the with the layout and then managing the staff and bringing in the cigars, and so that was that was kind of the fun part of it. You know, we don't have a huge selection, but it's carefully curated. I want to talk about that too because your selection. I even said in, in the review, like there's not a bad cigar in the place. When I say bad cigar, it's all subjective. Everyone's tastes are different. Some people love that Rocky Patel edge. I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows I'm a boutique guy. You have a lot of boutique stuff. You have a lot of high end stuff, and it is. It does seem to be very carefully curated. Again, like if you're part of a private club, if you're a member of the Speakeasy, you know what you're going to get when you come in. You should probably already have that knowledge. Right. So I think it's I think you guys have a great. So who picks the cigars out? Who who does the who does the ordering to buying? Well, initially, uh, Shale and I went up and uh, we bought we bought our cigars. We went through the selection together, um, and that was our kind of initial our initial stock was was Shale and I picking out cigars that that we wanted. And then now, well, with the staff, like a lot of the staff, so we have eight staff, and all of them are friends of mine that I've smoked cigars with throughout the years. And so now we have a, like a Slack account that we get on and we'll throw out like cigars. Hey, check these, check these out. And nice. so I'll put in an order. So it, we all kind of collectively order the cigars um, so, as far as like are interested in what we want to see. So it's like a here. brain trust. Like, Hey, we're all cigar smokers. Yeah. What are you smoking right now that you think is interesting that you want people to try? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we want to keep, since it is small, we want to keep it rotating. So it, it always piques interest. You know, if, if if you see the same boutique cigar that you've seen on the Humi, you know, for six months in a row and you've smoked it, you know, why are you coming all back the time? In? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's mix it up a little bit. Which let's talk about what we're smoking because you picked this out, Eric. What What is this? Because this is interesting. One of the more interesting cigars that I've smoked in a while. It's awesome. What is this? Yeah, this is a Sinistro Habano uh, Vieja. And actually this this one I selected because it was a request of a customer, Jimmy Dollings. And uh, he was he's been telling me about this cigar for, I don't know, a few months. And I finally was able to get it in. But um, this is a Habano wrapper. And I believe and I might be mistaken on this. I haven't done enough research on this. I, there might be some uh, I know it's Nicaraguan fillers fillers might be some Mexican San Andreas there in the foot. But the, we would have to look that up. It's a very interesting looking cigar. It's almost a perfecto shape but with a with a shaggy foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you get that you get the filler first, which I like. And then once you hit that wrapper, like that spice kicks in and yeah. you're like, oh man, what is this? This is it's a fantastic cigar. Uh, so I think it's cool that you guys kind of try to rotate your stock and get interesting things in to, to, to keep your customers kind of invested in, in coming back. I want to talk about community. And anytime we talk about community, I want to talk about social media. And that's that's your area, Shale. Mm-hmm. Social media for me is a weird thing. And it's probably because I'm old and I'm okay with that. But it's a weird animal. And a lot of stores, a lot of B&Ms don't do social media well. Can you speak to what you do on social media to try to, you know, spotlight the, the drawing room brand? Sure. So when I first started working on the the marketing and branding for, for this space, um, I came up with three core tenets of what I wanted our social media to be. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be uh, educational. I wanted to involve the uh, community. I wanted to highlight the oh god, what was the, the quality one? of the space and, <laughs> yeah, and the, the cigars. The, the quality yeah. of the cigars. I'm sorry. 
and those were kind of the are kind of the three tenants that uh, drive the social media and the marketing in general. Um, quality of cigars because I want to focus. I want us to focus on our selection. You know, like I said, it is very well curated. Um, we have a very small selection. I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of cigars out there. We can't feature them all. We're not a cigar shop that can carry five thousand SKUs. So we really need to focus on the quality as opposed to the quantity. Right. Community we wanted to focus on because really there's been a cigar community, but it's very like disconnected and disjointed right now. Uh, so we wanted to kind of build that up along with Habanos. We knew that there was another cigar uh, shop opening up, you know, two or three blocks away from us. So we really wanted to focus on, you know, getting in new cigar smokers and focus on just the community as a whole because we think, you know, if we're a part of it, we should give back to it. And then uh, education, we wanted to focus on uh, just because we think it's important, we think it's fun, you know, we think that it enhances the cigar smoking experience for you. You know, if you're able to, you know, pick apart a cigar saying like, oh, this is has a Mexican San Andreas San Andreas wrapper with Nicaraguan filler, you know, but I like the Toro as opposed to the Robusto. You know, we kind of wanted to highlight some of those nuances to get people interested. Um, and I would say just like as for like social media and marketing as a whole, uh, it's really interesting because you have kind of two camps right now. Uh, you have your traditional cigar smokers who love things like uh, you know, Padron, Arturo Fuentes, right. and then you have your, I'll say, more new-aged smokers who are more interested in boutique brands. Um, Guilty. And it's, yeah, it's, right. <laughs> yeah. it's really interesting because there's like this little bit of divide in the community. Um, you know, I, I think one good example um, is uh, the Pravada Cigar Club. You know, they came out with that like Elmo... Uh, uh, the Cookie Monster? Cookie Monster cigar recently. And it caused quite a stir on social media and Specifically in general. Specifically Reddit. Uh, you know, you had your traditional cigar smokers who were saying, like, this is bad for the industry. You know, this is, like, the this is what's going to make fe- federal regulators, like, crack down on us. But then you had, you know, some of the, the new age smokers, you know, saying things like... This is like what's getting people excited about cigars. You know, Padron and Arturo Fuentes have the same branding that they've had for 30 years. We need some innovation, and this is what this is doing. And I think there's a lot of parallels between um, what some of these uh, more boutique brands are doing and what craft beer is doing. You're seeing with the fun labeling, uh, the more interesting marketing campaigns, that kind of thing. So it is uh, definitely... uh, an interesting beast to kind of tackle because I have to cater to both sides. Right. How do, how do you bring both sides together? I mean, I think at the end of the day, bring both sides together, you just have to sit down and smoke with them. You know, uh, I would say we've had a lot of traditional cigar smokers. We've got one uh, member here who he mainly smokes Padrones almost exclusively, but we've given him several cigars, uh, from boutique brands like uh, Dunbar Tobacco and Trust. Um, I think he's uh, smoked a few um, uh, crowned head cigars, and uh, he's enjoyed them. Now, he still goes back to Patron. You know, that's his, <laughs> well, of course. That's right, his every day. Right. But uh, 
you know, coming here, he's definitely expanded some of his tastes. If your everyday cigar is a Padron cigar, you've done something right in life. <laughs> right. Like, he's you, doing a lot of things right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you, you've made it. Like, Padron, Davidoff, you're smoking those every day. Like, congratulations. Like, it's only downhill from yeah, here. Yeah, good job. Right. right. <laughs> It's interesting that you bring up the Cookie Monster because the Cookie Monster was what from Lost and Found, mm-hmm. and it had been around for a while, and nobody picked it up. Lost and Found picked it up, and then Pravada Club picks it up, and it goes, it goes viral, and all of a sudden, all over Reddit, all over these cigar uh, clubs online, people are like, "Oh, I need to get some of that. I need to get some of that." How does that impact you guys? Do you have people coming in saying, "Hey, do you have this?" Uh, yes. Actually, and uh, unfortunately, because that's, you know, a Cigar Club exclusive, you know, we can't provide that. But I will say that it's a good thing that people are coming in excited about cigars. I think that's kind of what cigars has been missing for a long time, because like you were talking about, it's kind of like an old boys club. Like, like it wasn't so much something that you were necessarily interested as much as something that you just went and did with your friends. You know, now we're starting to see people that are coming in that actually like they want to experience these, you know, new blends, these uh, new Vitolas. Um, You know, they want to dig into more of the educational side of it. And I think that's what marketing is doing uh, with some of these companies is, you know, they're getting people excited and interested in smoking. You've mentioned education quite a few times, and I think that's what B&Ms really uh, bring to the community. Anybody, like you can train a monkey to order cigars online, right? But when you come into a cigar shop, you get that, that hands-on experience where you can, you can talk to your tobacconist and you can say, hey, tell me about what's new. Tell me about what's fresh. Like, what are you smoking? And they can, they can tell you about the cigar and really educate you. Like, how do you guys train your staff to be able to do that because it's a lot you know as a cigar it right? is it it's is a, a lot it's yeah. a lot and um well and actually so i was fortunate that a lot of the guys that i i hired and and celeste celeste and um there are two hires that were just recent that i didn't know personally before i hired them but everybody else that i hired i we would talk cigars we would like shale and, and brock and i brian Byron, Larry, all like all the guys, we would all smoke cigars together for, you know, I mean, I think Shale was probably. I was definitely the, the youngest, yeah, the greenest the sh- out of out of everybody. I would have never guessed. Well, he was the shortest relationship I had, too, as a cigar smoker. Like we'd only been smoking cigars for, I think, two years together. But, I mean, he picks it up and he's he's into it and he, he really enjoys it. So the people here have a passion for it. So I was fortunate enough that I didn't have to do a lot of training because they had already, you know, they've already done it themselves or they look into it. And we have, we have guys that are on cigar geeks and, and putting in reviews. And so one thing that we did do, um, Shell had a good idea that we keep a log here. So we have a staff cigar. So part of the training is, um, I give the staff a free cigar per shift so they can actually get to know the, the stock and what we have. And they go through the whole tasting notes, the regions. They try to understand that as they write through the review and try to pick up tasting notes. And it doesn't matter if you're new at it or if you've done it a million times. We're just looking for you to actually just kind of reflect on the cigar itself so right. you can kind of 
think about it and, and take your time with it. And, and then that helps you actually explain it to someone else or describe it and, and think about other tobaccos. So like, wow, this Habano is great. I wonder what a Sumatra tastes like, you know, and, and kind of like branch out to the next one. It kind of gets the curiosity going. So along with that, I am working on like my own personal outline. Uh, we, uh, the tobaccos, the primings, the plant, construction of the cigar, the different regions, and all that. And so... Like a cigar 101. Exactly. And, and we do have books there, but I kind of like going through through the actual process myself. So I'm picking up more. I'm learning more. And then I can also like talk to, to it more intelligently to the staff or to to customers coming in. It's a hobby where you're always learning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You'll, you'll never know it all. No. You know? So and your palate's always changing. So notes that you picked up when you first started are not notes that yeah. you're picking up now. Because before it was it was a lot of, oh, I'm picking up chocolate and earth and leather. And now it's starting to get a little bit more nuanced. And you start, yeah. there's some baking spices in there. Like I can't tell you if it's nutmeg or cinnamon, but there's something there that reminds me of a baking spice. Yeah, you try to define it a little better. You try to like put a good description to it. And then another thing is actually I was big, bigger into the Maduro or Mexican San Andreas. But as we opened the lounge, I, I knew that I'd have to learn about, you know, some of the lighter cigars. And so I started smoking the lighter stuff just so I could talk, talk about it and teach people about it. Do you like those? I do. I do. I like, I like them all. There's not really a bad cigar, but like, what Mike Dicka said, there's not a bad cigar. Some are just better than others. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think anymore, like if you talk about in the nineties, the nineties, the boom in the nineties, like these fly by night companies, it's not like that anymore. This, if a cigar comes to market, it, there's a market for it. Like yeah. there's an audience that will be like, I like this cigar. I like it a lot. So I, I think it's a lot different than what it was. And like I said, you guys have a selection here that is not typical of what you would find even in smaller shops. In smaller shops, uh, you would typically find a lot of your mainstream stuff. And you guys have our, you guys have Arturo Fuente, you guys have Ashton, you guys have Davidoff Padron. You, but you have boutique. You have a lot of boutique and you have a lot of brands that, that aren't huge, right? Even if they're like JC Newman. Right. Everything here is at a, what I would consider as a higher price point than what you would typically find in a smaller shop, which I think is, is, is great. But does that, from, from a business standpoint, are you afraid that you're pushing people out from coming in? Like, are you, or are you looking for a certain clientele? Yeah, I don't think we're pushing anybody out. I think um, like all of our prices are fair. They might be, a, they're right around the uh, MSRP, you know. And Oh, um, no, for sure. I, I'm yeah. not. But I mean, from a, from a, from a standpoint of, Johnny Smoker, Johnny Cigar Smoker comes in. He's like, I want that Rocky Patel edge. And you're like, yeah, I don't got it. Right, right. Yeah, we've had a lot of requests for acids. And i like, oh, we don't carry infused cigars here, you know. Because the first thing you smell when you walk into a cigar lounge is someone smoking an acid is the acid. And I, I feel like it overpowers, it does. you know, everything else in the lounge. And we have a small square footage. So I, we like to cater to the customer. But at the same time, there's kind of a balance that we're trying to maintain. And I, I would say that you know, obviously cigars are our focus, and, but uh, I would say that uh, we are an experience-based cigar lounge, you know. So, no, we do not have everything. We, we don't have everything for everybody, but we have something, something for, every, for, some, for, exactly, everybody, for everybody. Exactly, for everybody, yeah. You know, and, and I think 
you know, yeah, we might be, you know, a dollar higher than some other lounges or some other shops, but we also are providing things that other shops aren't. And we think that that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to provide people with a comfortable, unique place that they can come in downtown Davenport for them to smoke because they're there's nothing like this. As far as I know, there hasn't been a shop that's like this, you know, in the past 20, 30 years, no. if not, you know, since cigars were, you know, since Davenport was a big cigar manufacturing uh, town in, you know, the late 18, 1900s. Which I want to talk about that eventually because Davenport does have a rich history, but yeah. this place is great because it offers something different than what's here. And so part of community is how you deal with your competitors, quote unquote, and Habano is literally right down the road. Like right. I could have parked there and walked here. I can walk there. For, it's a two minute walk. How do you guys deal with that? Because you guys, there's a lot of places. I'm not going to mention any names, Des Moines. Sure. Where you, they don't get along. It's always button heads. Uh, but there are a couple of places like Lincoln, Nebraska, where the cigar owners are best friends. Right. And right. a rising tide raises all ships. And you guys kind of have that same mindset. Yeah, we do. Like, and, and you hit it right on the head there. Like the rising tides raise all ships. And that's kind of our mentality. We have two different spaces, two separate fields. And, and we just kind of have our space. They have theirs. And people are going to want to go where they feel most comfortable, you know. And so we're not out trying to. I mean, we have our social media. We have a regular, like, that's just to promote our business. But we're not out, like, trying to knock anybody else. You know? No, it's no. Just- there's, I think we believe that there's room for both. And, you know, we're going to lean into what we do well. And I think Habanos is going to do the same thing. You know, are we ever going to be that, you know, packed sports bar style cigar lounge? No, yeah, we'll have the game on if if people come want to come in and watch the game. But for the most part, like it's a pretty relaxing lounge. Like you want to come in, read a book, you know, get some work done in the afternoon. Like right. it's a great place to do that. You know, if you want to take you know your buddies to a nice place after like a nice steak dinner, like this is a great place for that. This is the spot. If you want to get fifteen twenty people together, you know, and watch, you know, the the Bears game on a Sunday, you know, Habanos might be the better place for you for you to do that. Right. You know? Right. So just uh, offer different things. Your, that's okay. Your furniture is more comfortable than Habanos. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this real quick because you talked about people coming in and wanting people to be comfortable. Yeah. We're so divided right now as a society. How do you keep that noise out? Well, I mean, it's that's been difficult. Um, but I will say all of the conversations here, given like the political climate that we've had, you know, since we've opened, because we've only been open since September. September, yeah. So about like five months now, you know, obviously has been, you know, pretty um, Tumultuous, yeah, tumultuous would be a... Yeah, yeah. tumultuous. Uh, but it's always been friendly. And if it gets to the point to where it stops becoming friendly, then that's when, you know, we have to step in and say, hey guys... You know, I understand that this is, you each have your own opinions, your own views, but this is a lounge for everybody. This is a safe space. I respect all of your views, but let's cut this conversation off right now before, you know, before we can't be friends anymore. Right. That's yeah. Awesome. And it's our, it's our job to manage that space. And 
I think it. I think our members and our guests, um, they pretty much get it. Our rule number one on on the rules list, the lounge etiquette as you come in, is number one is be a good human. And so that's kind of all-encompassing. I mean, that kind of yeah. that covers a, a wide spectrum there. And so if, if anything gets a little chippy, we just, we'll just have to step in or you know, diffuse it a little bit. But I don't think I've seen anything really out of line or um, – Anything that we've really had to contend with. Well, no, I think you guys have done a great job of cultivating the kind of culture that you want from the decor to the, the, the cigars that you carry to the people you hire. It kind of all, it's all encompassing. And, yeah. and you, you've really cultivated a, a, a great community here. Do you think there's room in Davenport for more cigar lounges? Absolutely. You do? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I think the more cigar lounges that there are, the more that people are going to pick up smoking, um, and the more that every, the better everyone is going to do, to do. You know, like uh, I think we both believe in the rising tides raise all ships, and the more cigar lounges, that means the more opportunities people are going to see cigar smokers or c- cigars and have the opportunity to try them. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I want to shift gears a little bit, talk about the industry a little bit. I think the industry does a lot of things ass backwards. If, if there was one thing in the industry that you could change, we'll start with you, Eric. What would it be? Oh, that's tough <laughs> right now. I don't know. I'd like to get some Liga Pravada number nine in here, but you have to sell like a ton of acids in order to get that in. And that's not going to happen here. We're first of all, we're a small shop. And uh, we don't have that that much volume, you know, but I mean, that's that's one thing is usually you have to hit quotas. And I understand if you're a larger tobacco company, right, that type of thing. Um, uh, the cigar industry in general, I'd like to make sure that it's um, like open to everybody, that everybody understands that cigars aren't just for like old white guys. Right. Right. They're for they're for women. They're for every anybody like young guys, CrossFit guys, you know, and, and then um, they also like. Like kind of understanding, I guess that's a whole nother story is FDA. That doesn't have anything to do with the cigar industry, but <laughs> there are some things that would be nice if some things changed in that area. Yeah. Um, but not to get off on a, on a tangent there. Yeah, so. I, we've all, I think we've all been down that road and the FDA definitely has some, some, some issues that they need to work out. And hopefully we'll get some kind of resolution on a lot of stuff here in the next year or so. And But that brings me, and I'll, I, I want to get to what you would change here in just a second, Shale. But that brings me to, um, with the FDA, it's a lot of regulations and a lot of, it's always changing, it seems like, with the FDA. Yeah. Like, were you worried about that when you guys opened this, stuff, this spot up? Um, not as much at the moment. I mean, there were, there were uh, a couple times we, you know, we might have been a little concerned, but I... I don't think it was a huge concern at the time. I mean, I, I feel like it's might be a bigger concern for some of the cigar manufacturers that have already like, you know, some people having to redesign all of their boxes, you know, to, to make sure that they fit certain like FDA requirements. It's kind of like they're hitting um, small manufacturers and, and hurting them and then not being able to like blend anything new within a certain area. But isn't isn't it ironic that what the FDA is trying to do is going to hurt small business when it comes to the cigar industry and cigar manufacturers, small cigar manufacturers especially. But the way that the cigar industry sells its product to small businesses essentially can hurt small businesses because you're not allowed to sell 
an Opus X because you don't have, you don't sell, you know, X amount of, of regular Arturo Fuente. You're not allowed to, to have the, the Liga because you don't sell enough assets because you don't sell assets. Right, I right. mean, again, it's just ass backwards. The ironies can't be lost on you, is it? No, no, it's not lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> I would say, and this has to do with, you know, the question that you were going to ask me anyways, which is, I think if I were to change something about the cigar community uh, or the business side of it would be just, uh, I really want to see more of less of an us versus them and more of a we're all in this together mentality because that affects every single level of the cigar business. It affects us here at the small lounge. It affects, you know, the big, you know, cigar shops, the manufacturers, the small manufacturers. Businesses really need to band together and realize that, like, hey, we need to be separate from cigarettes. We need to be separate from, you know, cigarillos or, like, Swisher Sweets. You know, we need to be legislated differently because what works for these cigarette companies is not going to work for cigars. No. You know, if you're going to charge, you know, a small cigar shop or a small cigar manufacturer, you know, 50 grand per cigar line to just release a new cigar, they're not going to do it. They're going to go out of business because they're not going to be able to put it out. You know, just, you know, stuff like that is going to, it's holding the cigar community back. And those traditional brands are always going to be there. They're always going to be present. So in my mind, there's no harm in them working with some of these cigar, smaller manufacturers to really build a comprehensive lobbying plan to help the cigar industry grow. Uh, it, 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 it literally pushes out ingenuity and innovation. Exactly. In, in an industry that's been honestly pretty stagnant for the last Probably 100 years. Yeah. Yeah, it really has been. And I think until the last like five or six years when you see all these boutique brands starting to pop pop up, uh, I think the the smaller brands, you know, it's really kind of like a bastion of hope for the cigar industry, you know, and hopefully in the future, you know, everybody will be able to participate and be a part of the, you know, cigar community at the level at which they would like to be. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of like you, you just made the the analogy of small batch uh, beer and that kind of. Like, there's a distillery here in the building, right? Like, do you guys work with them? Are you guys going to have like events where like cigar tasting and and uh, whiskey yeah. tasting? And- yeah, we have a very close working relationship. So um, Pete and Jens own this building, and then they they partnered with uh, Chris Scott for the distillery Artisan Grains, and partnered with me on the cigar side for the drawing room and so like the long-term plan is that he's going to be able to sell bottles over there and then they can bring them over here we obviously have to be separate entities but but yeah and then you bring them over here and and enjoy a bourbon or a rum you know while you're while you're smoking a cigar at the drawing room and so we're actually yeah very close close working relationship together that's interesting to me because it's different than a bar aspect Right. When you walk into a lounge that has a bar, it has a completely different feel. I was talking with Brian about this beforehand. It's a completely different feel. But the distillery, it gives you a, a different level. And yeah. again, it, it just adds to the whole speakeasy, private lounge kind of feel that you guys have going on. Here. Right. It does. Yeah. I think it, it goes really well together. It's like um, kind of a next 
kind of a, a step up in a way because you don't see a lot of that with cigar lounges and distilleries like side by side. You no. know? And it's uh, it's definitely brings a special, I don't know, just a special interest to the lounge and to the space in general. For sure. It, it adds, it does. It adds a, another level, another layer to it. I, I really dig it. I dig it a lot. I dig what you guys are doing here. I think you guys are doing it the right way. Uh, so I, I wish you guys continued success. What's your favorite cigar right now? The one I'm smoking. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, right. I knew you were going right. to say that. Like if, if you had a Desert Island cigar, you only had one cigar the rest of your life that you could smoke, what would it be? Ooh, the rest of my life. I really love the Sin Compromiso, Steve Saka, Sin Compromiso. Um, any of it, number five, number seven. It's whatever, Sin Compromiso. It's a great cigar. Yeah. It is. It is. What about you, Shell? Right now, my favorite cigar is probably the Juarez from uh, uh, Crown Heads. I'm just really digging Mexican San Andreas wrappers right now. Mm-hmm. And that's such a great price point for that cigar. It punches way above its price point. Oh, yeah. yeah. 850 a stick here. How, how can you beat that? Oh, you, you can't. You, can. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you, absolutely, you absolutely can't. You know, and I just, I love it. Like, it's perfect size. You know, it's... It's got some really uh, fun, unique flavors that are really approachable. I just think it's a great cigar. I think I could give that to any cigar smoker. Maybe not new cigar smokers. I don't I know think, if I'd I give that to like that. a first-time cigar you smoker. You think? Yeah. You, oh, I would. I think you could. Uh, obviously, well, you, probably wouldn't be my first choice. You could. But. I don't know if I would. <laughs> well, if you start off smoking Nica Rusticas, I mean, you're fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should just give them those. <laughs> It's all perspective. It's it, all perspective. It is all perspective. It is. And there's not a bad cigar in any of your humidors. I, it's a fantastic selection. I want to talk real quick before we get out of here and I get out of your hair so you guys can go do whatever it is yeah, you need fine. to do. When we talk about community and we talk about bringing people together, what would it take to get a Midwest cigar fest where lounges from around the area are working together to bring in uh, a spotlight to the cigar culture in the Midwest. Cause yeah. I feel like a lot of time that gets overlooked. Like you've got, you've got Matt Booth in on the West coast doing his thing and highlighting the culture on the West coast, the East coast. I mean, the cigar culture has never really gone away and you always have great, big, huge events on both coasts. Why not in the Midwest? We have just as many cigar smokers as they do. Right. Sure. Right. I, I would say, agree. I'll tell you, well, it, at least here, like, Locally and regionally to Iowa, you know, I think there are, you know, a few things that are kind of holding holding us back. Uh, not to say that we aren't working on it because we absolutely want to have a cigar fest uh, in the summer. Um, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think in Iowa, some of the, I'll say, bigger players uh, haven't gotten along as well as you know we maybe have Des Moines like to see yeah. uh, you know if they were to be able to they would be really huge in you know adding to that Midwest cigars uh, festival here locally you know we have uh, had talks with Habanos about having a, a, a smaller cigar fest to start off with the hopes of growing it in years to come and adding people Um as far as like adding the whole region, you know, I think it's it's hard because 
you know, you have all these kind of smaller Midwest cities. You know, you've got like Milwaukee, St. Louis, Minneapolis, and they're so far away and just finding a good central location for that would be really difficult and really expensive to hold. So I think that it's going to get there. Uh, I think there is a, a big one in Chicago, which is what, the Big Smoke, right? Yeah, is there a big smoke in Chicago? There, they have a. Yeah, they, they have, have there sometimes. I don't think it's like an every year thing. Yeah. I know they have a little smoke in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, but I think it will get there. I just think it needs maybe needs some more time. Uh, and as a smaller cigar lounge, obviously we don't have you know necessarily the pull as some of the bigger places do. I would disagree with that. I, I would disagree with that because I think you guys bring something different to the table that honestly I haven't seen a lot of in the Midwest. Sure. The only lounge that I would even remotely try to compare the drawing room to is Safari in Omaha. High-end lounge, similar furniture, similar vibe, similar feel. It's just much bigger. But there's literally nothing that has this feel, this size, with your collection of cigars that you sell anywhere in the Midwest. So you guys, I, I think that you have, and with the distillery right next door, right. I yeah. think you guys have more pull than you think. Well, I, I think we have pull relationship-wise. Uh, I think just the issue as far as holding a large festival in the Midwest, inviting a bunch of people around is, you know, more of, a, we'll say, a, a monetary A logistical thing, nightmare thing, as well. You know, yeah, like, right. You know, asking us to, you know, even if it's only a, a tenth of the price, you know, let's say it costs $500,000 to put this festival on and it's going to bring in, you know, $2 million in sales. As us trying to put in, you know, fifty grand, you know, that's... That's a yeah, lot. That's yeah, a lot for right. a small cigar lounge. Especially like, at a startup like, when we were just here and, you know, we just started up in September. But Michelle indicated, yeah, we have been talking with Habanos about trying to locally grow something here in the Quad Cities and then just seeing how it grows, you know, taking it kind of small at the beginning and see what kind of turnout we get and, and put it out there kind of, you know, well within our means, what we can start off with, see what kind of support we can get and, yeah. and go from there. I mean, you never know. Right. I will say that if, you know, if there are any lounges or if there are any, you know, uh, uh, other shops that would like to, uh, that are holding like a festival or anything that they would like to invite us to, like, absolutely, we'll do everything we can to, to come and participate. Or, you know, if we can't participate, we'll try and send some people up there to, you know, be representatives uh, of the lounge. Um, we're absolutely open to doing whatever people well, are interested in brian just brought up a good point we have a lot of history here in davenport a as lot. far as cigar I was history just gonna bring that up yeah. i'm glad and, he did and so yeah, i mean we could even have a focus of of that like in 2022 or something where we kind of celebrate the history of davenport and because and somebody wrote a book when i was here celeste showed me the book yeah. somebody wrote a book the history of cigars in davenport yeah is that, is that out now yeah merle vastine we have it right here he gave us uh dr tom olson one of our members here bought us this book from Merle and it talks about the history of, of the cigar manufacturers in the quad cities. So I think uh, there have been over 230 cigar manufacturers in the quad in Davenport area. And then the most at any one time were 64 cigar manufacturers in Davenport. Wow. Like at one time. And so it's, this is a book I want to pick up. I'm were there a lot of, were they growing tobacco here in Iowa? 
Or were they bringing it in from Florida, Connecticut, Pennsylvania? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think um, they were kind of growing in the Midwest region. I don't know about Iowa so much, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. Because I, th- I feel like that's a great angle for a cigar fest. I yeah. really do mm-hmm. because there's a lot. It's a rich history. This book isn't small. I'll put a picture of it up uh, on the website. You can go there and check it out. Uh, I, I won't, I'm going to pick this book up because... It, it's a heavy book. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it is. It's several pretty comprehensive, too. Full of pictures and history. I mean, they've pictures are good for me. Reading's hard. <laughs> but it's, it's. Uh, I mean, 300 plus pages long. So there's a lot of history here. And there's a it's very, it's very rich, which surprised me that there weren't more cigar lounges around. And the cigar lounge that was here kind of fell into disrepair. Right. Yeah. Right. And it. I think that we, you talked earlier about the community here being fractured that I think that just added to it because there wasn't a place to go where you could, you know, have a community with other cigar aficionados and enthusiasts, unless it was in your backyard or your garage and God knows at 30 below. Yeah. Then when winter comes around, it's uh, it's a little harder to get together. And so we have a local cigar group here, um, the cigar group that we, we got together and we'd always go to Hickey brothers in the winter and, then once that kind of uh, split off, um, we still did the whole backyard barbecue and cigars during the summer. But in the winter, you, we really didn't have a lot of spaces to go, you know. So it's kind of nice. It's, it is nice. Now that we have this and we have Habanos, we uh, flip-flop in the winter, you know, to different lounges for the cigar group. And actually, the same guys as in the cigar group, some of those guys are part owner Habanos. And then, you know, I'm part owner down here. So it, it's just kind of like we all still come together. There are some members at Habanos that are or um, owners of Habanos that are members here. You know, we're really we're really collaborative on it. Yeah. It's almost like a family, which is yeah. the way it should be. Yeah, it is. Right. It, it's absolutely the way it should be. And I, I, I don't know why more why more shops aren't that way. Yeah, I, I agree. And actually, we were um, um, part of the Great Smoke, the virtual event. We were watching that this weekend, and Carlitos <clears throat> Fuente was talking about how important the cigar family is and how... Um, it's just kind of a different, a different group of people that if you, people are enjoying tobacco and like brothers of the leaf, sisters of the leaf, um, enjoying the rich history of it. There's just something that you can relate to with one another, uh, when it comes to tobacco, like premium tobaccos and cigars. Did you have a hard time uh, opening this place, uh, with the city council or anything like that, was the city against opening? No, they weren't. They um, they worked really well with us. I think they like to see the business downtown and uh, trying to get Davenport downtown Davenport, you know, thriving. And there are a lot of plans along Second Street and the downtown area to really help help boost us. And so, like Davenport downtown Davenport partnership have like worked with us. They brought in um, a between two bridges bit where shale and i would talk about cigars and kind of going through the selection and and what to expect when you come into a to a lounge try to educate like an educational piece for the community and threw that out on facebook so it's they've been everybody's been really supportive you guys are smoking weed in there (laughs) right yeah this is premium tobacco only (laughs) exactly There's there's a big difference i have to ask we're in the middle of a pandemic hopefully maybe not the middle maybe the end 
what was it like opening up a shop in the middle of a pandemic? You had to have major concerns about where you going to get people in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had huge concerns on that. So <clears throat> we've been working on it for a year, I think, like since last September or September 2019 when Pete and Jen's approached me on it. And so I'd go through projections and and uh, go visit different lounges and then it came to open up our doors in September and it was a little slow, you know, starting off. We only had a handful of members. We still had to buy, you know, cigars and pay utilities. But then, I don't know, people just started, uh, it started really catching on and people really enjoyed the space and started signing up. I think right now we have like 23 members uh, for the lounge and um, the cigar community has been really supportive uh, of this place. And so we appreciate that. Your memberships are great because you have two tiers. Mm -hmm. And the first tier is $65 a month. And it gets you 24-7 access to the lounge. That's right. For $65 a month. And you get $25 cigar credits in that. If if I didn't live in Cedar Rapids, like I would be here all the time. You would have to like, you're like, you're here too much, man. Get out. (laughs) Right. right. Like I I would absolutely do that. So what what do you get with the first, with the first tier? Well, with the first tier, it's $65. Um, yeah, $65 a month, $25 back in cigar credits. You get uh, 10% off all your purchases, an additional 10% on boxes. Uh, and then, yeah, the, I don't know if I said the 24-7 access, of course. And then, right. then we have the locker membership, which that's $150 a month. You get $50 back in cigar credits. And then the, <clears throat> the same deal with the uh, discounts and the 24-7 access. There's also a 10-count humidor. Yes. Yeah. You get a free Zycar 10 count humidor with our uh, drawing room logo on it. I mean, that that by itself, I mean, it's, it's not cheap. Right. So it's great for newer cigar smokers. If you need a place to go, especially in the winter, we all know the Midwest sucks. I mean, even Texas sucked this year. <laughs> right. Like it's 2020 WON, 2021. Uh, the weather's going to be nuts for God only knows how long, but... I'm hoping that even when it warms up, you guys are still doing great business. You guys are obviously busy. Yeah. You've got people coming in. It's a great lounge, intimate setting. Like, like Shale said, you don't want to bring 15 people in here to watch a game. You want to come with a buddy. You want to sit down. You want to have a conversation and, and really just be a part of the community here in Davenport. This is the place to go. This is great. I, I absolutely love this place. You guys have done a great job. Is there anything you want people to know about this spot? I don't know. I think you've covered a lot of it, James. I mean, we have a great staff to have a passion for this. We enjoy selling quality cigars, getting people into it. You know, I think a lot of it is, um, I would say <clears throat> some people have had a cigar experience, right? And that cigar experience might not have been the best. It might have been like a, a black and mild. It might have been a, you know, a white hour and they might have not picked the right cigar, you know, to start off with. But, um, I'd say if you've ever like, been interested you think you've had a bad experience give it another shot and we do our best to try to give you that that experience that that we've had that have continued our passion and and kind of love for the for the cigar right shale uh it was pretty much the the same answer as eric's i mean i would just say like let us let us help you like let us lead you what is uh what does get you into this hobby you know it's not something you know that you have to do every week or every month or you know whatever uh you know you can kind of go at your own rate but it is (laughs) a fun hobby it is you know a unique social setting you know uh 
come in, have a conversation with us, learn about the cigars, let us help you pick some, you know, some fun stuff out, you know, and kind of, you know, just try it out. You know, we, we, we want new cigar smoker. We want people who've never smoked cigars to come in here and, you know, be a part of the community. And uh, that's kind of always been our focus. And that's going to be our focus. I think it is as long as we are open for business. So just Absolutely. come in and hang out with us and have a good time. And I messed this up uh, uh, when I did the review and I had, a, it was a, I, I changed it. 318 East 2nd Street. East 2nd Street. Yeah. That's Davenport. Great. Yeah. Come in. Say hello to Shale, Eric, Brian, Celeste, whoever's here. They will help you out. This is a great place to be. Before we go, before we get out of here, let's talk about the Sinistro. What were you picking up? Actually, towards this back end, there's there's still some spice. Probably uh, there's some leather in there. I feel like there's a little bit of, kind of that old world tobacco taste. A little bit coming through. A little bit. Shale, how'd you like yours? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like medium, full body, you know, nice kind of like rich, creamy cocoa quality to it. But with, like you said, like that nice kind of like baking spice, a little bit of leather, maybe a little bit of like a, not like a fresh wood, like a cedar, but maybe like a, like a nice oak. Uh, I think this would go really well with like a nice, uh, nice like Highland Scotch or a nice, uh, nice like eight to 12 year bourbon, maybe like some Elijah Craig small batch. There you uh, go could also if you want to be go crazy with it you could even try like a nice cabernet i think would go really well with the cigar i tried to get into wine it didn't take yeah yeah so it's just cigars that's fine that's fine <laughs> i've actually gotten more into wine trying to pair so that's been, seriously it's been one of the things that i've been trying to do is like i can pair a bourbon and scotch all day long but then when people come in and say well what would you pair with this uh cabernet or this merlot or and then so I, I'll try a cigar and a friend and I'll have like a wine night where we'll just like try some reds and usually like a Mexican San Andreas kind of goes pretty well. Like I the can see um, that. La Roma de Cuba Divino is a, is a great one for that. And so then. So tastings in the future here, like, hey, bring in a wine. We'll, we'll, we'll help you pair it. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll give it our best shot. And so that's, that's one thing we're trying to do is we've, I've had friends like want to, pair uh nejo tequila and so that's that's a tough one yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i think you know obviously but i don't know, mind trying <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll give it a shot but you can't hold it against me if it doesn't work <laughs> but uh, uh anyways we've been getting uh we've been pretty per, uh precautious you know with covid and everything but as you know more people start to get vaccinated things start opening up again we're definitely going to be holding you know more events you know things like tastings um you know, I'd love to have like a cigar, like a ex- actually cigar rolling demonstration or, you know, something along those lines. That'd be really cool. Definitely going to be looking to do probably at least one kind of fun event every month, you know, hopefully starting here in the next month or two. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're in Davenport, if you're in the Midwest, this is a, a great sp- uh, a great space, a great spot. Come down, say hello, check out the, the, the space. It's fantastic. You, you've got everything here except pipes, which I love because I'm not a pipe guy. So I, I really I, I appreciate that. We are just simply stogies, even though we have a pipe review for some reason. Uh, but this is a great, great place. Come by, say hello, uh, say hi to Eric, say hi to Shale, uh, Brian, the whole staff, Celeste, whoever's here. They'll help you out. Uh, 318 uh, East 2nd Street, Davenport, Iowa. Uh, tell them Simply Stogie sent you. Eric, Shale, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks a lot, James. Thank you. 
And join me next time when I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.